So I have one of my heroes of the faith coming up uh, this, uh, it's not afternoon yet, this morning to uh, bring the word. Could I have, uh, well, you know, Bernie the third. And just so you know, Bernie the four is back in the house. B4 is back in the house. He's recovering well. We're so glad to have you back. Now, I, I want to, uh, uh, he's going to take this microphone for a second, but I wanted to share something I, I, I failed to share in the first service so we don't have as much time. Uh, when I was at, C at CBC, Central Bible College, I was navigating uh, a track to be a full-time minister, and I had absolutely no idea what I was supposed to do. And so I was in my first year in, at Central Bible College, and one of my assignments was you needed to write a paper on a missionary. And uh, I sent out all these requests for missionaries to talk to me, and nobody responded to my request. And, and it wasn't on them. They're busy doing the, the mission, right? And so I uh, came across Teen Challenge, and I started reading about Teen Challenge, and I am a recovering alcoholic, and the Lord has set me free uh, uh, years ago. And I have known friends that have gone to Teen Challenge, and their lives have been radically changed by Jesus. So uh, as a young Bible uh, student, I sent out an email uh, to B3, Bernie the Third, And I kid you not, within two hours, he had sent me uh, five pages full of notes and answered all my questions. And I got an A on that paper. But what stood out to me was this man's uh, desire to be a servant leader. He saw a young man that was navigating through uh, to become a pastor, and he willingly took uh, a portion of his time and helped me out so much. And so from that moment on, he became one of my heroes. So to have him in the house uh, speaking to you, and he is no stranger to us, uh, uh, give a warm welcome uh, to uh, Bernie III. God bless you, brother. I love you, man. <laughs> Hallelujah. Is, is, this, is this on? Am, am I on? Hallelujah. I feel something in the house, church. I feel something that's... Some of you are going to experience a new level of breakthrough. But you got to focus on him, amen? He's a way maker. ready to take hold of his grace today. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Come on, somebody say amen. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now He's wonderful, so marvelous, miraculous, that's what my Jesus is. My Jesus is to me, and I see shed his precious blood came and filled me with his love. He set me free. 
we're in Russia, we sing. Shouldn't have blagged a ditch. Kakslada zvuk, spazla greshnika. Minya, when we're on the Ivory Coast of Africa, in Cote d'Ivoire, we sing La Crasto Ciel. Or in El Salvador, ministering to MS-13 gangs and murderers. Sublima gracia del Señor que un feliz. Salvo. But no matter what the language, what the culture, what the age, grace is God reaching out and saying, when you can't reach me, I'm going to reach to you. I want you to know today the Holy Ghost is in the house and God's about to do something special. Are you ready? Are you ready? Amazing grace. Hallelujah. On the drums, Bernie Jalot the fourth, give it up for him. As we get ready to start, I want to take a moment and give you an opportunity. We love Lighthouse. Many of you know us. You knew Bernie when he was four years old the first time we came here, back in 1983. And you watched him grow as a drummer and a musician and a man of God. You, you prayed with our family. You stood with our family. I remember the first time we came, we pulled up in the big Teen Challenge bus. It was in the first building before even the Verge was built. There's a big uh, banner on the front that said, David Wilkerson and Teen Challenge appear tonight. And I walked in, I, I hugged Scott, and I said, Scott, I'm sorry, David Wilkerson ain't on the bus. You stuck with me. And <laughs> we just immediately connected, and God moved, and you've been family to us ever since. Uh, the, the, the time I pastored here and served in music ministry, you guys were such a treasure. When we moved to Tidewater, it was Lighthouse Church that said, Bernie, if you leave Canada and come here to help Youth Challenge, we'll have you four times a year raise an offering so that it can help with your salary. So your family, you give faithfully, and we're grateful for you. And I want to give you a moment just to take a look at, uh, at what your giving is doing. When you watch this video, don't say, oh, it's great what Bernie and Kathy are doing. It's okay to say it's great what God's doing, but more importantly, I want you to nudge your neighbor and say, look what we did. Nudge your neighbor and say, look what we did. Because you know what? We don't receive a salary. We don't re receive travel expense from Teen Challenge. We walk by faith, and we are thankful that every time there's a need, Lighthouse has always been there. Go ahead with the video. They call this area Narayi. Narayi, or as they call it, the jungle, is a no-go zone even for the police. But you have a choice today. What do you want God to do? I'm not going to say if you give your life to God, suddenly there'll be no craving for drugs and you won't have any problems. And in one of the most incredible miracles I've ever seen, as I gave the altar call, all of the guys that were selling drugs left their drugs, their contraband, tens of thousands of Naira unattended to come and pray and confess their need for Jesus Christ.
resound through the traffic and the hustle bustle of this city. The haunting strains of the children of Ishmael, their voices crying out, seeking, searching, and you have sent us with good news. Thank you for praying, and, and boy, I just can't tell you how much we appreciate your prayers. There's times when, when we're over there in, in sensitive nations or in Nigeria, and things get a little dodgy, a little dodgy. We come down the road, and the, the gentleman who's been uh, escorting us, the team challenge director, says, by the way, on that road we just came down, well, two people were kidnapped last week, and we go, Wow, thank you for not telling me that ahead of time. <laughs> Do appreciate that. But we so sense your prayers. We so sense your support, and we are so grateful. Exceedingly, abundantly, beyond 
all that you can ask or think. And that's what God is doing here in you and in us and around the world. Some of the people in there, we, we couldn't caption fast enough to let you know the number of young leaders that were in that video. The guys that ran across the stage with Bernie are all young, teen-challenged African leaders who are out there kicking butts and taking names for the kingdom of God in their countries. You're, and not, it, uh, you're not allowed to say butts in kicking, church. Kicking heinies. Um, uh, taking names for the kingdom of God in their country. Plundering hell and populating Plundering hell and populating heaven. Absolutely. God is doing it, and you are helping us, and we are so grateful for the opportunity to come alongside these young leaders who call him, him Pop and me Mama, and it's so, such a privilege, and thank you for sending us to raise up young, one and young men and women to go into all the world. Maybe you can't go, but thank you for sending us, and why not go? Pray about it. We go on trips. We might take people. Maybe it's you next time. We love you. We're so grateful for you. Amen. Hallelujah. Everybody say, Danita, go to Africa with Bernie in June. <laughs> and we are grateful. I want to make that clear. This is just a snapshot. We couldn't give you any sort of a picture. But when you see that boy, George, that we pulled off of the street, bloody, beating, bleeding, he'd been beaten. And to see what God's doing in his life and be on the street with him. And we could talk about the hundred thousand, well over a hundred thousand that made first time confessions of faith last year. But to us, the most important thing is raising up leaders and raising up the next generation. One of that generation is over here. Aaron, would you stand up? Hallelujah. Who's living with us? He's a Teen Challenge graduate from Michigan. Amen. He's from Michigan. Everybody say, I forgive you. Hallelujah. And uh, he's been serving in Africa, working very hard. He'll be back at our book table at the end. Any of the CDs or tapes or things that you buy are going to go to help him to start his support team to go back to Africa in a few months. So please consider buying a tape and, of course, signing up for intercession. I know we have a lot of people here on our intercession list. Your prayers make the difference. It was amazing when we landed there and they said, I can't believe you crazy Mzungus. I mean, it was a, what, a six-hour drive on dirt roads. I mean, and they said, white people get kidnapped on that road. Why, why didn't you fly? <laughs> I said, because we can't afford to. But you can change. No, uh, where's, where, where's Pastor Dan? Are, you, are they just going to, I can't find him. He's, normally, I just follow the glow of the Holy Spirit. Can I have the ushers come forward? We're getting ready to sow into this ministry. Uh, you can make your checks payable to Lighthouse. We'll make sure that uh, the Jalots get this um, funds. This is good soil, church. You should write your checks, deposit something into this offering so that we can honor those that have honored him, right? Oh, Lord, I come to you today and just thank you for uh, this tremendous opportunity to sow to advance your kingdom. Lord, I thank you for the hundreds of thousands of individuals that, that are being called out of darkness into your marvelous life, leaving a life of addiction, 
to be uh, uh, centered under the authority of you, Jesus. We thank you for that. Lord, I pray that this year, this is a year of impartation. This is a year uh, where the mantle of God is released and imparted to the next generation to take teen, Teen Challenge globally to the next level. Lord, I thank you that the mantle will uh, be passed, that this is a year where, you, where, where they will see what they've never seen before um, and the raising up of leaders. They have a measure of the leaders now, but we call in the next generation of leaders right now in the name of Jesus. We, we beckon them to come and grab a hold of this mantle to uh, bring people out of that darkness into your marvelous light. We thank you in advance for that. Lord, I thank you for a church that honors those that honor you. Lord, I pray over this offering. Lord, even as it uh, goes back, it would multiply. Lord, that we would be astonished of how much money came in, and the only person we could point to is the person of Jesus, because he has blessed this and stamped this in Jesus' mighty name, and all God's people said, amen. Amen. All right. Amen. Thank you. Amen. We're working on plans to go to the the, uh, Dominican, uh, DRC, the Republic of Congo, will be in uh, Lebanon, Beirut, Lebanon, Syria, in Jordan, and in Armenia in the month of March. We'll be in Canada doing a spiritual impact for the Teen Challenge and going up to minister to the Inuit Indians up in the Inweal Inlet. Uh, We'll be in South Africa. There's a lot of opportunities. Uh, You can help to sponsor one of those air flights if you think we need the gospel in Syria. Amen. Let's go to the word of God now, though that's the most important thing. Father, we pray right now, God, I pray first of all that I I wouldn't mess this up. Because, Lord, I I want you to speak to them because this word is more important than me. So, Lord, direct my words, direct my heart. And, God, direct the ears of these, your servants, your people, in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, the theme for this year at Lighthouse is... uh, uh, see Jesus, speak Jesus. Amen? Yeah. Now, that's a very important truth because, you know, if you can't see Jesus, you can't really speak Jesus. Even the Great Commission is built on the shoulders of the words, you are witnesses of these things, therefore go. Somebody said to me, well, Brother Barney, my gift is not evangelism. And I said, evangelism is not a gift, it's a command. Come on, somebody. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching so good. The evangelist is a gift to the body, but evangelism is a command. Every one of you, see Jesus. Speak Jesus. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) My boxes were supposed to be coming. I didn't nod loud enough. Hallelujah. (laughs) In order to see Jesus, you've got to be seeking him. He doesn't, God didn't take his kingdom and hide it behind a bunch of angels with flaming swords in this hour and time. He put it in plain sight and said, who will have a heart for me to find it? Have you seen God's kingdom? Are you looking for it today? Now, thanks to UPS, I mean, and, 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 and Amazon, we are surrounded with boxes. We got boxes everywhere. We got boxes coming by airplane, train, uh, Uber, uh, drone, that creepy guy in the gray van. Uh, there's boxes from everywhere. And the packages, they clutter our homes, they clutter our lives. But I want to say something. God has packages for us. And the question is, will you open them? I mean, this is Christmas time. How was your Christmas? Was it good? 
I had an incredible Christmas. I was with all of the kids. We were at uh, at uh, Pete's house and with Bernie and 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 Sarah and Chris and all the kids, and it was beautiful. You know, maybe your Christmas wasn't so good. Maybe it was disappointing to you. Maybe you didn't get the gift you wanted. Maybe you got a gift you didn't want. Maybe the gift you gave isn't what they wanted. You know, we spend so much time looking for the perfect gift. But the truth is the Christmas celebration is God saying, I already sent the perfect gift. And that's Jesus. Maybe your dinner time conversation deteriorated into a political argument. I don't know about all of that. But I can tell you this. You're not in bad shape. Turn your neighbor and say, it's going to be all right. Turn your neighbor and say, it's going to be all right. Hallelujah. Even that first Christmas was pretty bizarre. Who, I mean, who was ready for Jesus? They had pro the prophetic word had come all the way back in Genesis and gone through the entire timeline. Genesis, uh, e Ezekiel, Isaiah, uh, Daniel, Malachi. Actually, he was one of the Italian prophets. They call him Malachi. Hallelujah. So if you want to know who the, the first Christmas was bizarre. They, uh, they, they had all the prophecy, but nobody was looking. And when Jesus was right there, they had missed him. Is it possible one of the packages God has deposited in your life is that answer to prayer you've been looking for? Is it possible one of those boxes is God's trying, God trying to reveal himself, but you haven't opened it up? You haven't looked to see what's in there. You, ha you haven't taken the time. You've been so busy doing your thing uh, that you never got a chance to look and see what he had for you. Don't look for perfection. The Prince of Peace didn't come dressed in power. God didn't visit humanity in the form of a perfect perfection, but as a baby. He came dependent, not a deliverer, but he was born a king. Doesn't matter what your life looks like. Doesn't matter what your house looks like. Doesn't matter what your car looks like. You are powerful in the presence of God. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm a child of the king. The Bible said he made himself nothing, taking on the very nature of God. Nature of a servant being made in human likeness. If we're going to live at peace, my brother, my sister, we have to surrender our right to demand God to meet me on my terms. To demand that God meet my expectations. Because you know what? Turns out he's God. One thing I can tell you after 50 years of ministry that I have learned is he's God and I'm not. <laughs> it's a hard lesson to learn. And I may not have totally learned it yet, but it's the most important thing I could share with Jesus. Let's look at the scripture here. Could you stand with me as we read this together? Amen. Hallelujah. I just came back from Africa and they never let you read scripture without standing. Amen. I love that. How many of you know we need to honor God's word? Hallelujah. Of course, I'm also Catholic, so I'm used to stand up, sit down, kneel down, splash the water, whatever. Hallelujah. All you ups, get off of the lawn. Verse 20. But when he had considered this. Son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Lord, may your words speak through walls into hearts right now in Jesus' name. 
Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. We think about Joseph. Amen. He was given a gift, a beautiful young bride, betrothed and engaged to a beautiful young lady. Whether she was from Jerusalem or from Galilee, historians argue that doesn't matter. The most important thing is she was called by God. She was a covenant teenager with a heart for the Lord. Joseph was delighted that she was going to be his wife. He honored her innocence by walking in purity with her until one day she walked in and said these incredible words, Joseph, I'm pregnant. I can't imagine what that was like for Joseph. I mean, it doesn't seem fair. Could you imagine what he felt? Could you imagine him having to tell his father? Can you imagine Joseph having to tell his friends? Come on, Joseph, are you out of your mind? Yeah, yeah, an angel appeared to her. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, right. All the girls do that. But Joseph, the Bible says, was a good man, and he didn't want to humiliate her. And so he just struggled with what he should do. I want you to notice here he didn't fast and pray. The Bible didn't say he was in an extended fast for God's will. He just had his heart right. Turn to your neighbor and say, do you have your heart right? See, because even in the midst of terrible things, if your heart writes, God's going to show up. God's gonna, some of you are seeking God like it's the fourth person of the Godhead. You're seeking the will of God like it's the fourth person of the Godhead. The will of God works out perfectly if you just stay in the presence of God. Because God's got his hand on you. The Bible says in all things, he's working together for those that love God and are called according to his purpose. Are you called? If you're called, the purpose is going to take care of itself. But I'm sure Joseph was thinking, this is massively unfair. I mean, this situation, it cannot be. It should not be. Why should this happen to me? Why should I have to endure this humiliation? I mean, have you ever been there? The cry that something that's happened to you is unfair in your marriage, in your divorce, with your kids? Hey, two words you don't have to teach children. Two, two expressions you don't have to teach children. Number one is mine. Number two is, it's not fair. How many of you had one of your kids ever say, it's not fair. Yeah, you know what I used to say with, to, to young Bernie when he said that in high school? I'd say, you're right, it's not fair. Life's not fair. If it, life was fair, it would have been your butt on the cross instead of Jesus. So get down off the cross. We need the wood. Uh, what I'm trying to say today is... is it's not about, we're always building something at Teen Challenge. It's not about what's fair. It's about what God wants to do in your life. And I know our emotions are, are, are where we register the unfairness of the act. But you know what? Letting go of unfairness is not saying what happened It's right. It's saying I won't let the most unfair thing happen to me, which is to get trapped in my unfairness. Are you learning? Or are you growing at your job, in your family, in your community, in your class, on the sports team? The most important thing you can see is that God has a plan for everything that happens in your life. He loves you. It's not easy to set our emotions aside. But I want you to know, if you let yourself be distracted and controlled by the unfairness, you'll never see God's purpose. And we see that here with Joseph. The package appears to be a, a, a teenage peasant girl, but the gift is of God. The package seems to be insignificant, 
but this gift will resound through history. The package does not appear worthy to carry the king of the universe. But God's choice is not based on appearances, but his plan. It doesn't matter what you think you look like. The package is Mary, it's in your notes, but the sender is God, and he's sending you. First you see Jesus, then you speak Jesus. You are going to change Gloucester County in this year by your obedience to God. People can argue all they want about whether they believe in God. One fact is undisputed. The truth is incontrovertible. That all of human history was impacted by the birth of a homeless baby in Bethlehem. All of art, history, and science were impacted by his incarnation. All of human history turns on the hinges of a gate in a humble stable in Bethlehem and the radical commitment and faith of two obscure covenant teenagers. One day, David was sitting in his study in a small church in Phillipsburg, watching a crime trial in New York City, and God said, go help those boys. It's been my honor to serve David Wilkerson for so many years, but he stepped out when God spoke to him. He had no idea that day he walked into the courtroom that one day Teen Challenge would have 1,400 centers in 125 nations and be the most powerful and effective drug program in the entire world. That's what God can do with one obscure person willing to step out on faith and willing to obey what God says. God's choosing is not based on appearances, but his plan and sovereignty. The package is Mary, the sender is God. Eternity's purposes are revealed in that verse that we just read. And I want you to get it. God says to Joseph, what's happening in her is of me. Now, I want to turn that, can I? Is it possible that what's happening in you is of God? Is it possible that what's happening to you is from God? Not that it's fair, but that somehow through that, God's going to do something in you. See, we need to see what Joseph saw through his humiliation, through his embarrassment. He said, okay, God, I don't understand, but I'll follow. And of course, the most important part of that story, Joseph stepped out. He married, he, he took his betrothed and made her his wife. Have you stepped out on the last thing that God has commanded you? See, the most important thing I can share today is you need to stop doubting your faith and start doubting your doubts. One time, a young man at Teen Challenge, 90 days in the program, we were in the prayer room, and he was struggling and crying, and he came up, and he said, Brother Bernie, I don't think I can make it. I just have too many doubts. And I said, praise God. Praise God. He, did you hear me? I said, I have a lot of doubts. I said, yeah, praise God. He said, why? I said, well, 90 days ago, you were living under a bridge, eating out of a garbage can, and the only thing you thought about was your next bag of heroin. Today, you got doubts. And if you got doubts, that means somewhere in the background, you got faith. And it's trying to get out. Will you just let your faith get out today? Will you give, will you give God a chance? Will you step out and watch God do the supernatural in your life? Don't. Doubt your faith. Doubt your doubts. Amen? Hallelujah. Now, of course, the other thing I want to make sure I'm clear is not all packages are yours. Amen? 
Uh, I got this package from Amazon.com. It's a, apparently a garbage dispenser, garbage disposal filter. I, I don't have a garbage disposal. And I surely don't need a filter for it. Sometimes you get packages that aren't yours. Don't accept them. Return them to sender. Recipient no longer lives here. No forwarding address. Have any of you decided you're not given to, have you decided to move on in God and not leave the devil a forwarding address? I mean, are you really dead to self? You know, when people, some of you, I was talking to a young guy and he said, they keep inviting me to parties. And I said, well, you're dead to that. When they ask you next time, say I'm dead. Nobody invites dead people to parties. It's a real downer. <laughs> Are you dead today? Have you unfriended? Uh, listen, hey, Facebook is an incredible tool. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a lover of it, but you can't ignore it. Amen. The social media platform is incredible with its power. But I like one thing it does. It gives us a great insight into the gospel. Because you can friend, unfriend, block, unblock. You can follow or not follow, boy, if we put the same effort into our relationship with Jesus Christ as we did into social media, there will, there will be dynamic power released in some lives, amen? Have you unfriended the devil? <laughs> Have you decided you don't even want him on Messenger or Instagram or Snapchat or that chat? I, I, I can't keep track. So in order to consult, my wife and I, I get confused. So, and we have so many things coming from different platforms. We don't know, you know, where to write back to people sometimes. So we're working on a new website. It's a combination of YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. We're going to call it You Twit Face. So <laughs> be watching for that. Hallelujah. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is don't waste time with Satan's lies. Anything God sends does not come with postage due. He already paid it all. And it, don't pick up your neighbor's offenses and carry their packages. That's weight you're not given grace for. Take hold of your salvation. Refuse accusation, agitation, intimidation, isolation, and condemnation because Satan is a porch pirate. So when the devil comes to meet you, get rid of him. Just kick him out. I got no use for this. Amen. I love what, I love what uh, Smith Wigglesworth said. One day there was a lady and her dog followed her to the bus. And they were standing by the bus and the dog went, hey, hey, hey. and she was going, now go home, puppy, go home, puppy. Hey, hey, hey. Go, now, puppy, go home, go home. Hey, hey, hey. And, and finally she turned around and she said, I said go home. And she kicked him. <laughs> and Smith Wigglesworth said, that's how we got to treat the devil. Have you unfriended him? Because I want you to know one thing. The devil is no friend. Satan sends packages. Don't accept him. Let him go. Oh, and by the way, with regard to Facebook, never forget God friended you first. So hit accept. Because if you do, your life will change forever. I mean, I'm Italian. All Italians are Catholic at least once. Amen. I knew about religion. But it wasn't until I sat facing grand larceny charges in a prison cell, addicted, alcoholic, and lost, that God's love flooded in and said, I can change your life. 
And when I got to friend request, I hit accept. And everything changed. And if he could do it for me, a short, fat Italian loser from Philadelphia, I promise you, he can do it for you. Amen? One more gift to open. Hallelujah. Let's look at the shepherds. Let's stand and read this scripture today. In the same region there were shepherds. And keeping watch. And an angel of the Lord. Do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy. And this will be a sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloth. And suddenly. Hallelujah. You may be seated. What is the most... What is the, can anybody tell me what the special things, uh, thing about shepherds is? The simple answer is absolutely nothing. They were the bottom rung of the social world. They were the dregs of society. And even worse than being a shepherd would be being a shepherd working the night shift. And that's who Jesus appeared. That's who the angel came to reveal Jesus first. That's important this morning, church. Our theme is see Jesus, speak Jesus. Some of you don't think God will speak to you because you're not good enough. Some of you think God won't speak to you because you're not spiritual enough. I don't know how spiritual these guys were on the hillside. All I know is God interrupted their life and everything changed. Will you let God interrupt your life today? We're talking about packages. We're talking about having the courage to open it up. Even when you don't understand. Even when you're not sure what it is. Even when you can't figure it out. If you have the courage, God will reveal himself. And that's what I like about these shepherds. I mean, obviously an angel speaks to you, it's going to get your attention. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I never understood why they have these, uh, the, the Renaissance people pictured angels as uh, ba uh, infant babies in diapers. Amen. When you see an angel, you cry like a baby and you need a diaper. <laughs> but, but, but somehow or other, as these angels spoke to them, it got their attention. Now, can I be honest with you? I've never been spoken to by an angel. But I don't care. Because I've already got, got, got God's word. That's all I need. When people find themselves in a struggle, they say, Brother Bernie, is it, isn't there an answer? And the truth is, there are no easy answers. If the answers were easy, we'd have it already. Amen? Watch out for my notebook. Easy answers to life's tough questions. P.S. None of them work. <laughs> See, what we got to do is not look for something easy. We got to look for something right you got to press through to what God has for you. You're valuable people. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're incredible. Turn to your neighbor and say, no, you're awesome. God put his power in you, and if God is awesome, then his power is at work at you. And you need to be aware of that because God has a plan. Glory to God in the highest. 
And the Bible says, and then the, then the, the multitude of the heavenly host. Does anybody know who the heavenly host is? That's God's warrior angels. They're the, they're the, they're heaven's seal team. The, uh, the Bible says the heavenly host, one time when he was with Elijah, one angel waved his hand and 5,000 people were made blind. Why, this, why, and listen, don't get me wrong. I love the pageant. I love when my grandkids put on the crooked wings and the, ha- and the sideways halo. But there were no sideways halos here. This was warfare. And that's how God telling us there's going to be a battle for your life. Whoever told you, if you give your life to Jesus, you'll be happy and you'll have a wonderful life and he'll give you a new car and you'll just have joy unspeakable and full of glory. Hallelujah. You'll get a, a new house. You'll get a new car. You'll get a new life. If you need it, you'll get a new wife. No, 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 no. They lied. Jesus said, I didn't come to give you peace, but a sword. And I want you to be ready for that battle today. Because these angels were. These shepherds were. And the Bible says, as when the angel left, come on with me now. The angel's gone back to heaven. The emotions have passed. What are you going to do? The Bible says they looked at one another and they said, we must go straightway to Bethlehem to see if this is true. Everybody say the miracles in the movement. Say the miracles in the movement. See, they stepped out. Are you willing to step out and look for something new? So that you can see Jesus. Are you willing to open another box? How many of you know all blessings don't get? See, I have a Christian bookstore box here so you know how holy I am. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> when you start opening boxes, you're going to find things you don't want to find. But if you have the courage, you'll find a miracle in the box. Because in all things, say on all things. Everybody say in all things. God is working for good for your life. Open it. There's a miracle handpicked for you. It may look like disappointment, but it's going to be destiny. It may look like a, a test or a trial, but it's going to be triumph. Amen. We want God to give us a testimony. So God sends us the test and we get the monies. That's not what that word means. I'm so glad. That when heaven, even, when, even though sometimes when heaven sends a parcel to our door, I'm doing a terrible job with this. I, should I, Kathy, I asked you to do this, so I blame you that I'm messing up because you're the smart one. By the way, have I told you today how pretty you look with that scarf? That's really nice. She, she got me out of bed at 5 o'clock this morning. She wanted me to, she said I had to smell good. I don't know why that would be. Hallelujah. What did I do here? Come on, baby. When the angels had gone, I already did that. Okay. I, there was another one in here. I thought, I don't know. Let's forget about the shepherds. Let's close it now by talking about one more group of men, the magi. Everybody say magi. Amen. We, we call them the, uh, the three kings. Uh, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born, king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed. Where is he that's born king of the Jews? 
How many of you know he wasn't born to become a king? He was born. He was born. How many of you know you got a king living in your heart? And if you don't, he's available today. Just click the allow button. What, what do you, when you friend somebody, is what? Accept. Ah, that must be where Billy Graham got it from. Accept Jesus. He was, he was prophetically speaking to the coming of Facebook. Hallelujah. We don't know how many kings there were. Everybody thinks there were three kings. Not for sure of that, really. Nobody knows. As a matter of fact, they didn't show up on the day Jesus was born, despite what we put in our mangers. Some say they could have come anywhere up to three years because when Herod heard about it, he killed all the babies. Under th- I, I don't want to get into the theology of that. But one thing is important. I don't care whether there were three or nine or a hundred. Most people think there were three kings because there were three gifts, right? What were they? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Uh, my son Pete said, no, if, if it was about the gifts, there had to be four. I said, why? He said, because there's always one mooch that never pays for lunch and never has g- money for a gift. So there were four. And then Kathy said, no, there had to be five because one of them brought the fruitcake. <laughs> How many of you know there's only one fruitcake in the world? It's just been re-gifted that many times. We think there's a lot of it. I mean, obviously, it must be okay. There had to be three kings. It's in the song. We three kings of Orient, right? Bearing gifts. So, yeah, it has to be true, right? It's in the song. How many of you know it may be good words, but it's bad theology? I mean, obviously, you can't write, we three indeterminate number of holy ones uh, from east of Jesus, Judea. We have come magicians, astronomers who can see. We're just three smart guys with a high SAT. It it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. But I don't care whether the song works. What I want you to know today is God works. And God is bigger than the songs. And he's bigger than your problems. The Magi came almost 1,200 miles. They were astrologers or magicians. They could just as easy have said it was Penn and Teller and Chris Angel. Why would God appear to them instead of Nicodemus or the high priest Caiaphas or the learned scholars? Because they were too busy and too distracted to even look. These these kings, these these magi, they had an insight into what God was doing. Uh, they, they, they stood on the, on the shoulders of history. In Daniel, it says, in those days, the king of God will set up a kingdom which will never be a, a destroyed. Verse 45, inasmuch as you saw a stone cut out of the mountain. These guys probably came from Babylon. This prophecy was given 458 years earlier, but God was still working. How many of you think God's waited too long to work for you? You know what? If he can wait that long to bring that to pass, he's going to do it because he has a plan. Amen? Hallelujah. They came with the treasures of the earth in their hands. But they went away with the treasure of heaven because they waited and they saw it. It's actually only 800 miles from Babylon to Jerusalem, but normally you wouldn't go across the Arabian desert. It's too, too too dangerous. They kidnap white people there. They would go around to the, up the Euphrates and down the shore. 1,200 miles. Can you imagine that? They left their home, their family. They were seeking something. They were sincere men trying to figure things out. 
They weren't covenant children. They weren't schooled in the things of God. But something in their heart said there's more. Is there something in your heart today that says there's more? They came. Could you imagine when they told their wife, hey, I'm going on a trip. Where? I'm not sure. How long are you going to be gone? I don't know. Is it a business trip? No, uh, we're, we're, we're following it. I saw a star. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Well, have you been going to that men's Bible study and reading those old prophecies of Daniel again? I told you to stay away from those guys. They're crazy. By the way, the men's group in this church is awesome. If you're not involved in it, you should be. Amen? When's our next meeting? Thursday. Come on, somebody. We need better clap than that. Thursday. I got to close. I got to get out of here. What's the last thing I said? Oh. You know, one of the funny things, though, if I could just say this real quick. Even before Daniel, Balaam prophesied, a star will come to lead us to the deliverer. Balaam, another magician. See, what I'm trying to let you see is God wants to use you. That's why if you see Jesus, you can speak Jesus. You don't have to be good enough. You don't have to be rich enough. You don't have to be nice enough. You don't have to be pretty enough. You don't have to be skinny enough for, well, obviously I'm fat enough, but I don't know. Don't body shame me. Too late, okay. Why are you laughing at me? I thought this was a safe zone. If God could speak to Balaam, if God could speak to Daniel, if God could get three kings to come 1,200 miles, and guess what happened? They wound up in the wrong place. They landed in Jerusalem and had no idea what to do. And the Bible said they started running around the city saying, where is he who was born king of the Jews? They were looking for him. The church wasn't. I'm going to say that so I can get a, a oh at the end. They were seeking him. The church wasn't. They knew all the facts. They said, oh, we know where he is. It's only a 10-mile walk from Jerusalem to Bethlehem. I've never walked it, but I've driven it. They gave him all the facts. The three kings went, 